Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirchner. In our long-form weekend podcast this time, Glenn tries to keep track of the many court losses of Donald Trump. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Welcome once again to our weekend edition of Justice Matters. As you may know, on the weekend, we take some time to air things out. We air out the legal issues of the past week. And today, we're going to be talking about Donald Trump's many cases, both civil and criminal, and Donald Trump's many losses in court, both civil and criminal, and how Donald Trump has truly distinguished himself as the biggest loser. And I don't mean that figuratively, I mean that literally. Donald Trump has been losing in court after court, in case after case, in jurisdiction after jurisdiction, in state courts, in federal court, Donald Trump is the biggest loser. You know, at this point, he must be setting some kind of a record for racking up the most losses in the most cases of any litigant in the history of our court system. No, I haven't done an historical study, but it sure feels that way given all of the losing Donald Trump has been doing recently. Let's tick through just some of Donald Trump's losses. Now, we know, of course, not too long ago, he lost in front of a jury in the E. Jean Carroll sexual assault and defamation case and was ordered to pay $5 million to Miss Carroll, and he's on the cusp of losing a second case to Miss Carroll. And in that case, he'll probably be ordered to pay, I don't know, 10 million, 15 million, 20 million. Because after he lost the first time, he continued to lie about and defame Miss Carroll, disrespecting the jury's verdict in the process. And then in recent days, Trump just lost in spectacular fashion in the New York civil case brought against him by New York Attorney General Letitia James. A.G. James sued Donald Trump, Don Jr., Eric Ivanka, Alan Weisselberg, Trump's chief financial officer, Jeffrey McConney, the controller of the Trump Organization. A.G. James sued them all for, in essence, long-term, chronic, systemic, dramatic, business fraud. And Judge Arthur Engeron, who is presiding over that case, just entered an order. What's called a partial summary judgment. We'll talk in a minute about what that means. Judge Engeron ruled in favor of Attorney General James and the people of New York and against Trump 
and the others. And the judge found, as a matter of fact and as a matter of law, that Trump has been engaged in long-term, persistent, and dramatic business fraud. And just some of what Judge Engeron ordered was one money sanctions against a whole bunch of Trump lawyers for the way they behaved in this litigation. Two, the judge canceled Donald Trump's business certificates in a very real sense, just kind of canceled his license to do business in New York. Three, Judge Engeron ordered the, quote, dissolution of Trump's LLCs, close quote. In other words, he's dissolving Trump's companies, his businesses, his LLCs. This, in a very real sense, spells the end of Donald Trump, the businessman. But let me be clear, friends. Donald Trump was never a legitimate businessman. Frankly, he wasn't even much of a con man. He's a thief. He didn't con contractors and workers out of their money. He would contract with them to do business or provide goods or services, you know, to his businesses, his companies, his failed casinos, his golf courses, his buildings. And then after they provided goods or services, he would refuse to pay them. You know, he would say, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to pay you. That's not what a con man does. That's what a thief does. And Trump would say, look, I'm not going to pay you. And if you try to sue me for the money that I obviously owe you, I will bury you in court, not with a winning case, but with so many lawyers, it'll make your head spin. Again, that's not a con man, that's a thief. And Donald Trump is now done being a business thief in New York. So very much losing. On the way next, Glenn explains the judge's partial summary judgment in Trump's New York business lawsuit. This is Justice Matters. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. New York judge Arthur Engeron has ruled against Donald Trump and three of his children, concluding that they were liable for massive, long-term business fraud. Glenn explains this type of judgment in civil cases. Okay, let's talk about what a summary judgment is, because that's what Judge Engeron just ordered, a partial summary judgment. Here's what that means. When two people or two parties are involved in a lawsuit, right, 
and one side, one party, one litigant has a case that is so strong and so clear and so convincing that it's overwhelming on the evidence, on the facts, and on the law, and that party's case is so compelling as compared to the other party's case or the other party's defense that when considering everything, the judge can say there's no issue here to be decided by a trial. Everything is so clear on the facts, on the evidence, and on the law. Therefore, I, the judge, can decide, can rule that one party wins because the other party has no defense on the facts or the law. And there is no need for a trial, at least with respect to this piece, this part of the litigation. And that's what Judge Engeron has done. He issued a partial summary judgment in favor of Attorney General James and the people of New York and against Donald Trump and the others. Donald Trump loses. And after granting that partial summary judgment, Judge Engeron ordered those things that we were just discussing, including the dissolution of Trump's business. Now, there are some additional issues that are still scheduled to go to trial in this case. Judge Engeron didn't issue a summary judgment on all of the issues or all of the counts. So there are still some things to be decided. And this case is scheduled to begin trial next week. And really the big ticket issue still to be decided is how much money should Donald Trump be made to pay the people of New York for all of his fraud? Now you may recall that Attorney General James is seeking a minimum of a quarter of a billion dollars. And I suspect, given Judge Engeron's recent ruling, A.G. James might win even more than that for the people of New York. So Donald Trump will still be going to trial next week on certain counts, certain parts of the civil case. And Donald Trump desperately didn't want to go to trial. So you know what he did? He sued the judge. He sued Judge Engeron to try to stop the case from going to trial. Well, just the other day, the appeals court in New York rejected Donald Trump's lawsuit, his attempt to try to stop the case from going forward. And that is another dramatic loss for Donald Trump. So his case will go to trial beginning next week on the remaining counts. And interestingly, in connection with that trial, Attorney General James has said, well, let me tell you about just some of the people that I have on my witness list, the witnesses that I may call to testify in this civil case. She said, I expect to call as witnesses Don Jr., Lil Eric, she didn't say Lil, that's my editorial comment, Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, and oh, Donald Trump himself. So hold on tight, friends, because this should be fun. Can you imagine Donald Trump, Don Jr., Eric, Ivanka being administered an oath after they take the witness stand? Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? What are the odds that after they are administered that oath, 
they're gonna lie. Well, stay tuned, friends. Coming up after the break, Glenn talks about Donald Trump's attempt to recuse Judge Tanya Chutkin in hopes of dismantling his January 6th case. This is Justice Matters. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Trump's attorneys filed a motion to have Judge Tanya Chutkin recuse herself from his federal election subversion case. Glenn says the motion was a nonsensical word salad. Let's talk about some more Trump losing. Trump's attorneys filed a motion in Donald Trump's federal prosecution in Washington, D.C. for trying to end our democracy, trying to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election for which he is being prosecuted. And the judge presiding over that case is Judge Tanya Chutkin. Well, Donald Trump's lawyers filed a motion to have her remove herself from the case. It's a motion to recuse. They, they demanded that Judge Chutkin quit the case, leave the case, walk off the case, because they said, well, she's disqualified herself because of some of the things she said in court while she was sentencing other January 6th defendants, you know, other defendants who attacked our Capitol on Donald Trump's orders, other defendants who tried to stop the certification of Joe Biden's election win. Well, friends, I read the defense motion that Trump's lawyers filed to recuse Judge Chutkin. And like pretty much everything else these third-rate lawyers file, right? These lawyers that Donald Trump is using, these lawyers he keeps burning through, like everything else they have been filing, you know, it reads more like a combination of an extended tweet and a campaign ad than it does a legitimate legal pleading, legal brief. You know, it's all a bunch of nonsense. These are Bush League lawyers, at least if you can gauge their performance by the motions they've been filing. And Judge Chutkin just ruled. And I will tell you, her 20-page ruling is a beautiful piece of judicial craftsmanship. She starts out by exposing how Donald Trump's lawyers took much of what she said out of context. They took words and phrases and sentences and cobbled them together. And I'm not going to read the whole or go over the whole 20-page ruling, but Judge Chutkin sets out the standard for a judge to have to recuse themselves, remove themselves from the case. But more importantly, she sets out how the law is pretty exacting. And it says judges may not, indeed must not, recuse themselves from a case if there is no basis. And in this case, there is no basis. In fact, Judge Chutkin goes through pretty meticulously the precedent, that is the other appellate court opinions 
that say things like, you know, there are going to be nefarious litigants, bad actors in the system who will try to weaponize these motions to remove judges from cases. They'll try to use it as a means to delay their trial, their ultimate day of reckoning. They'll use it as a way to try to judge shop. Who does all of that remind you of? Well, Judge Chutkin concluded that there is no basis, no basis for her to recuse herself, remove herself from the case. So friends, let's get ready to go to trial. And the trial in the case is set for early March. And let me tell you this, friends, and I'm going to urge you to take this to the bank. You know, for 30 years as a prosecutor, it was my job daily to assess the strength of cases, the quality and quantity of evidence, and decide if we should bring a charge, if we should indict somebody for a particular crime or crimes, or if we should decline to bring a charge. You know, I had to make the decision day in and day out if we should proceed to trial. And I had to make a judgment about whether the evidence gave us as prosecutors a, quote, substantial likelihood of success on the merits, close quote. That's the Department of Justice standard for deciding if you have enough evidence to go to trial, a substantial likelihood of success on the merits. In other words, a substantial likelihood of a conviction. Friends, the evidence against Donald Trump is overwhelming. It's conclusive. Donald Trump will be convicted on the evidence. Once these criminal cases are in trial, once the prosecution is up and running, once prosecutors are standing in the well of the court arguing, presenting the evidence to 12 citizens sitting in a jury box as the conscience of the community, the evidence of Donald Trump's guilt will be overwhelming. Donald Trump's guilt for trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election is overwhelming. The evidence of Donald Trump's guilt for having stolen and unlawfully retained classified documents, for having obstructed justice by refusing to return them after a grand jury had subpoenaed their return is overwhelming. Donald Trump's guilt of Disseminating national defense information in violation of our nation's espionage laws is overwhelming. The evidence of Donald Trump's guilt of being involved in a RICO conspiracy in Georgia, attempting to overturn the election's results in Georgia, is overwhelming. The evidence of Donald Trump's guilt of committing dozens of crimes involving falsifying business records in New York is overwhelming. Donald Trump is going to be criminally convicted in courtroom after courtroom after courtroom because the evidence is just that strong and Donald Trump's defenses are non-existent. Please don't listen to the stuff that Donald Trump or his mouthpieces, his lawyers, spew into the public square 
because none of it is admissible evidence or reliable evidence. None of it serves as any kind of a defense, never mind a compelling defense. It doesn't serve as any kind of a defense to his crimes. So friends, accountability is coming. Accountability is coming and Donald Trump will continue to lose. He's been losing in civil case after civil case and he's been ordered to pay millions and millions and millions of dollars for his fraud and his lies and his defamation. And he's about to begin losing in criminal cases and then his liberty interest will be at stake. And friends, I am not a gambling man. I am not a high roller. One dollar is my betting limit, but I would put the full buck on Donald Trump landing in prison after he is criminally convicted in his cases. After the break, special counsel Jack Smith has filed a request for a limited gag order to stop Trump from trying to influence the outcome of this trial. Glenn discusses this next on Justice Matters. D.C. Judge Tanya Chutkin has set a hearing on October 16th to hear arguments on Jack Smith's request for a limited gag order. Glenn says Trump has already violated the terms of his pretrial release and should be detained as soon as possible. Okay, friends, I want to turn to two other legal developments, recent legal developments, and these two are related to one another, and they are deadly serious. As you probably know, Special Counsel Jack Smith has filed for what we often refer to as a gag order against Donald Trump. What he's really seeking is a narrowly tailored set of restrictions on Trump's speech and on his posts in an attempt to stop him from threatening, intimidating, and harassing witnesses, and in an attempt to stop him from poisoning all jury pools so that you know we the people have a shot at a fair trial once Donald Trump's many prosecutions kick off in court. And what Donald Trump did the other day leaves no room for doubt that Trump, who is presently on release in four felony cases, should be revoked on release and he should be detained pending trial detained pending trial. Because among other things, what Trump just did was he threatened the life of the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley. Now, General Milley is a witness against Donald Trump. So what Donald Trump did was threaten the life of a witness who is expected to testify against him. The danger that Donald Trump presents to the community, to the witnesses, to the judges, to the prosecutors, to the jurors, and indeed to our very democracy cannot be overstated. And Donald Trump should be detained pending trial. You know, friends, there were countless times in my career as a prosecutor when I had to make the weighty decision about whether to ask a judge to detain somebody pending trial. You know, that is no small thing, urging a court, a judge, an institution of government 
to deprive somebody of their liberty before they've ever been convicted of a crime. In other words, while they are pending trial. You know, it's a very different matter after somebody has been convicted to ask that they be detained, they be sentenced to prison, because a jury has decided they committed crimes and that the authorized sentence for those crimes includes imprisonment. But the decision I had to make each and every time is this. Is there clear and convincing evidence that this defendant who has been indicted and is pending trial is either a flight risk or is a danger to the community, is a danger to others, is a danger to witnesses? If the answer to that question is yes, there is clear and convincing evidence that the defendant is either a flight risk or a danger to the community, then the law provides the defendant should be taken into custody and detained pending trial. Why? Well, to protect the community, to prevent witness tampering, to preserve the ability of the victims and of we the people to receive a fair trial for the crimes the defendant committed in violation of the laws of the United States. And the other circumstance in which I would have to decide whether to ask a judge to detain somebody pending trial was after they had been put on release pending trial and the judge had set conditions for their pretrial release, like don't threaten witnesses, and the defendant violated those conditions. The defendant proved himself either unwilling or unable to abide by the conditions set by the judge. And now somebody might say, well, you know, Trump didn't say General Milley should be put to death. He simply said General Milley committed the crime of treason. And in days gone by, he would have been put to death. Well, that's not much of an argument. You know why? Friends, I have in front of me my copy of the big, ugly, blue book of federal laws, the United States Criminal Code. Do you know what the punishment for treason is right now, today, this very minute? Well, for anyone scoring at home, you can crack the code open to 18 United States Code Section 2381, treason. And whoever commits treason, quote, shall suffer death. Close quote. It is the present day punishment for treason. Donald Trump said General Milley in the present day committed treason. So it really is not a mitigator or an excuse that Donald Trump said, well, you know, days gone by. No, right now, this very minute, the laws of the United States provide that if you commit treason, you, quote, shall suffer death. So that dog won't hunt. Donald Trump's post is as dangerous and dramatic as is humanly possible, saying that one of the witnesses who will testify against him in his upcoming prosecutions, you know, should be put to death. And for that, Donald Trump's pretrial release should be 
revoked and he should be detained pending trial. How many more witnesses will we sacrifice to Donald Trump's threats, to his threats that are clearly designed and intended to inspire his most reckless and lawless supporters to action? For gosh sakes, we saw him do it on January 6th. He told people to march on the Capitol, fight like hell, you won't have a country anymore. Now go down there and stop the certification. And he's doing it again. How about we cut him off at the pass? How about we prod the law into wakefulness and apply it as it was intended to be applied? In other words, when you violate the conditions of release, you are revoked on release. When there's clear and convincing evidence that you're a danger to the community, to the witnesses, and to the people's right to a fair trial, you're detained pending trial. You know, it's time, it's past time to neutralize the threat, to hold Donald Trump accountable for violating the conditions set by the judges. It's time to protect the community. It's time to protect the witnesses. It's time to protect the judges and the prosecutors and their families. It's time to give we the people a shot at a fair trial because justice matters. Friends, as always, thank you for tuning in to the weekend edition of our Justice Matters audio podcast. If you want to know where else you can find me, I am all over the social medias. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter or X or Y or Z or whatever we're calling it these days. I tend to stick with Twitter. And also on Instagram and Facebook under Glenn Kirshner 2 my name and the number 2. Of course, you can find my daily Justice Matters videos on my YouTube channel, uh, Justice Matters with Glenn Kirshner. If you go there, I hope you'll subscribe. It's always free to subscribe. And if you're interested in more formally supporting our all-volunteer efforts, our mission, our content here at Justice Matters, you can go on over to patreon.com. You can sign up to become a patron, and if you do, I will send you some Team Justice and Justice Matters stickers and a personal handwritten note of thanks. And as always, thank you to the many of you who have come over to Patreon and who are supporting our efforts. We really couldn't do this day in and day out, seven days a week without your support. So friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. <laughs>